From New Orleans, Louisiana, it's Empirical's PowerTech Podcast. This is the place where we talk about bringing technology to the power industry. Our goal is to educate you on the most popular trends, bring you actionable strategies from industry thought leaders, and help you make sure your utility is prepared for the future. I'm your host, Matthew Sachs, president of Empirical, former utility engineer and power industry advocate. Today's episode is the second podcast in a series on cloud-based solutions. On the previous episode, we discussed an overview of cloud solutions and security features. And today we're going to dive a little deeper into how customers engage with the cloud and touch on some technical aspects of cloud solutions. Rajan Banerjee is a senior partner solutions architect at Amazon Web Services, focused on the power and utilities vertical. Rajan has been at AWS for four years, the first two and a half of which he spent working on a Department of Defense team, helping all branches of the DoD migrate to and build new systems on AWS, ensuring security and compliance requirements. Prior to AWS, Rajan was the Director of Software Development and Enterprise Architecture at Sun Edison, where he designed systems to acquire real-time data from over 2,000 power plants across the world. He has years of experience building and designing enterprise systems for the Defense Department, other federal agencies, the financial industry, and the energy sector. He has provided architecture and frameworks to help commercial ISVs and federal agencies achieve FedRAMP authority to operate. Joining me for this show again is Dr. Nathan Wallace, Director of Cybersecurity at Cybericle and its sister company for power industry software solutions, Grid Intel. I'm pleased and honored to have both of these distinguished guests on today's show. Thank you, Matthew. And Rajan, it's great to have you here with us today. Thank you, Matthew, Nathan. It's a pleasure to be here. Cloud solutions and security is indeed a topic of great interest for us in the electric utility industry. In our last podcast, we briefly touched on the idea of shared responsibility and cloud security. Today, that relationship will become more tangible as we dive into some of the mechanics of using the cloud. Let's start at the beginning. How does a utility customer's data even end up in the cloud? Nathan, there are different ways for a customer to use cloud solutions. One is to directly work with a cloud service provider like AWS to create an account, select services to meet their needs, or to build their own services on top of the cloud infrastructure. Another is to work with a software service provider that has a solution already built on the cloud infrastructure. Basically, in other words, invest in a software as a service or a SaaS solution. Since I'm with AWS, I'll talk about working directly with a cloud service provider. As a customer evaluates their needs, they have choices. The utility customer decides what functions and services meet their business objectives. AWS has over 175 fully featured services, including compute, storage, databases, networking, analytics, robotics, machine learning, and artificial intelligence, Internet of Things, mobile, security, and the list just goes on. Utilities can migrate existing on-prem systems that perform their IT and OT and workforce management, asset management, and customer engagement systems to the cloud. Or they can build new applications on the cloud using these services that AWS offers. In both cases, they benefit from scalability, agility, and low cost, and also the ability to innovate. Look at grid simulation, for example. You can end up using a massive number of servers that are required for these simulations. And in the cloud, these servers can be rapidly provisioned and then decommissioned. So you're only paying for what you're using, not idle capacity. All these result in data moving to the cloud. Then there are SaaS providers like Grid Intel, 
who build SaaS products specifically for the power industry. They too take advantage of all that AWS has to offer to build a better product for their customers by offering safer, faster, more resilient, and cheaper services. When a utility uses a SaaS product such as Vigilant Grid or PowerView by Grid Intel, their data in turn uses the AWS cloud. Nathan, how would you describe the SaaS model that you had Grid Intel use? Yeah, so in the SaaS model, Grid Intel as the software service provider, we configure and manage the cloud infrastructure. For many utilities, using software service provider offers a cheaper and faster way to obtain the benefits of the cloud with all the overhead, you know, kind of overhead costs built into the actual service offering. In a number of ways, this is really similar to, say, any other contracted out service where the utility contracts a professional services company to help design, build, commission, and maintain their power system environments. For cloud-based SaaS solutions, the SaaS provider is responsible for the actual cloud infrastructure. Exactly. Those are the partner components, right? The logical or virtual infrastructure of the cloud, the software uh, providing the functional service, and the customer data and operations, while AWS continues to be responsible for the underlying physical infrastructure. Okay, so Rajan, the data is in the cloud, and one question we often hear, where does it end up in the cloud? What's the physical location? Yeah, <laughs> your data is where you put it. AWS offers services across 24 regions globally. Within the U.S. itself, AWS has four commercial regions and two GovCloud regions, which brings the customer to another choice, which is where they want their data to live. As a customer, you choose a region in which you wish to put your data. AWS does not move your data. You own your data and you decide where it stays. As a customer, you may choose to back up your data in a different AWS region and configure some cross-region data replication which can provide the added resilience. In such a scenario, based on the configuration of the AWS services, your data will be moved. When a customer uses a SaaS-based product that is on AWS, it is the SaaS provider who will decide which AWS region the data will go. As a customer of a SaaS product, one must ask that question of the SaaS provider. Where is the data stored? Where is it backed up? Nathan, can you shed some light on how Grid Intel or other SaaS providers perhaps handle data storage? Yeah, sure. So for us at Grid Intel, and to quote an industry guru, it really depends, right? As a SaaS provider, we examine multiple variables prior to deciding what gets stored, how it is stored, and where. These variables may include user proximity to the various regions you just mentioned, uh, Rajan, contractual requirements, regulatory requirements, data sovereignty laws, and even the desired level of redundancy. For applications like Vigilant Grid, for instance, which performs real-time monitoring and event analysis, speed is very important and every nanosecond helps. For this reason, when deploying Vigilant Grid, we recommend hosting the software in the AWS region closest to the physical location of majority of the assets that are being monitored and to the users who are using the tool. While this is our recommendation as a service provider, electric utility customers, of course, are free to request that we store the data in an AWS region of their choosing. Data segmentation is another control we have in place to help ensure the safe and secure handling of data. For the cloud infrastructure, in the case of Vigilant Grid and PowerView, each customer is given their own dedicated virtual machine instance of the hosted software solution. Thanks for sharing that, Nathan. 
on AWS, we see so many different ways in which data separation is, is managed on single tenant platforms. It can be done using different virtual private clouds or VPC, each in its own account, or for a multi-tenant platform using uh, you know data separation is done at the data layer. And it's really, really interesting to see these varying implementations on the cloud. The data is in the cloud. We know the physical location. And then, of course, the big question is, how is the data in the cloud actually secured? At AWS, security will always be our top priority. AWS has been architected to be the most flexible and secure cloud computing environment available today. Our core infrastructure is built to satisfy the security requirements for the military, global banks, and other high-sensitivity organizations. And what's really interesting is that AWS uses the same secure hardware and software to build and operate each of our regions. So all our customers benefit from our security. Furthermore, to verify that our security controls are in place, AWS has achieved a number of certifications and accreditations demonstrating compliance with third-party assurance frameworks like ISO 2717 for cloud security or ISO 2718 for cloud privacy, SOC 1, 2, and 3, FedRAMP high-end moderate, even Department of Defense SRG impact levels 2, 4, 5, and 6. Maintaining these accreditations require routine audits conducted by cloud security experts through continuous monitoring. So as you mentioned in the openings that we can't talk about cloud security without understanding shared responsibility. AWS manages and controls the components from the host operating system and the virtualization layer down to the physical security of the facilities in which these services operate. And AWS customers, including SaaS providers, are responsible for building secure applications. In addition, AWS partners offer hundreds of tools and features to help customers meet their security objectives. These range from network security, configuration management, access control, data encryption. Grid Intel is one such partner. So your data is stored in facilities and infrastructure that is secured by AWS at a region that you as a customer are selecting. This is your data. You continue to retain ownership of your data and you control access to the data using AWS identity and access management. In AWS, majority of your computing assets reside inside a virtual private cloud, which by default has no external network access until you configure it. Just think about it. You create a network, you put assets in it, and it has no external access until you configure it. Utilities can set up a dedicated high bandwidth network access to the AWS cloud and their VPC or VPCs using AWS Direct Connect. They can then create a VPN tunnel over this Direct Connect to encrypt their traffic. So again, layers over layers of security. They can control ports and protocols using security groups and network access control lists. They can use the AWS web application firewall or install a next generation layer seven firewall provided by one of many AWS partners. They can turn on AWS guard duty that monitors the network traffic and alerts you when it detects malicious activity or use or and use AWS shield to protect themselves from DNS attacks. And they can encrypt their data using AWS key management services. There's many other security tools and best practices AWS offers that listeners can read more about on our website or reach out to one of our partner system integrators to learn more. Nathan, in your case as a SaaS provider, what measures do you take to ensure that data for your customers is secured in the cloud? Yeah, so for cloud data security, we actually break this down into five primary aspects, specifically the cloud control plane, host security, application security, monitoring and auditing, and application user awareness. 
all five of which, right, without the proper controls could lead to the loss or manipulation of the data in the cloud. So the first is the cloud control plane. And this is really where we implement all of the things that you just mentioned, right, Rajan? So for instance, for SaaS solutions like Vigilant Grid, where the assets being monitored and the users who are restricted to known IPs and ports are all known, we actually whitelist that communication via AWS Network Access Control List, the tool that you just mentioned. Also for the control plane, we have a number of policies, procedures, and technical controls in place around the who, what, and how changes are made to the cloud infrastructure. This is something that we really leverage AWS identity and access management controls to help simplify managing users and who can do what in the cloud infrastructure. The next aspect is the host security. This includes those details and controls specific to the host operating system used to run the provided SaaS solution. The selection and maintenance of secure operating systems, along with the host-based event logging and application whitelisting are just some of the policies, procedures, and controls we have in place for host security. Here, kind of the same approach, we leverage a number of built-in AWS tools, as well as even marketplace resources from third-party AWS partners to help leverage a secure and fully patched host to host our offered software solutions. Next is the monitoring and auditing. At Grid Intel, not only do we offer power system security monitoring software, we use a combination of internally built software and commercial software to digest and analyze events. This logging includes the logging and monitoring of control plane events and changes, host security events, and even security events generated by our hosted software solution. For this, we actually leverage several of the built-in AWS tools that you just mentioned, Ranjan, including CloudWatch, CloudTrail, and even Amazon GuardDuty. I love this. I love how Grid Intel is using CloudTrail and CloudWatch. With CloudTrail, you know what is happening across all of your AWS cloud environments in real time. And you can trigger alarms and notifications based on these events. In fact, you can launch a Lambda function that could take remedial action if necessary. Such automation takes security to a new level, from forensics to near real-time automated remediation. I always get super excited when I hear somebody doing this. Sorry, Nathan, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no, not at all. And I mean, honestly, yeah, leveraging things like Lambda functions is almost like the holy grail of cybersecurity, right? Being able to intelligently and automatically respond and mitigate a variety of threats. So yeah, yeah, it's really cool that capability is offered there. The other aspect that we really take into consideration is the application security. This includes those details and controls specific to the software solution we provide. These are the controls that are built into the software solution being used and include things like user authentication and role-based access and viewing of the data stored in the cloud, but accessed only via or through the software that's being provided. The other aspect and kind of the final link is the application user awareness. So this is the last link in the cloud shared responsibility model and is the software end user. In PowerView, for instance, an administrator user is able to give another PowerView user access to asset information and allow them to make changes to the data stored in the cloud. Of the five primary aspects I listed, only one, right, the cloud control plane is really unique to the actual cloud. All four of the other aspects, host security, application security, log monitoring, and application user awareness, are all still aspects one would have to address if the software was hosted, say, on-prem. 
When the cloud is leveraged for the SaaS model, these four other aspects do become substantially easier to manage, monitor, and audit, helping to ensure even greater levels of data security. Lastly, I would like to add that at any point, right, customers can request clarification on how we at Grid Intel address these aspects, or a customer could even prescribe what additional controls they would like us to implement. This is great, Nathan. And using AWS Security Hub, you have all these services in a single console. So wrapping up our discussion today, Rajan, we discussed the where, who, and how of cloud data security. But Rajan, an overall summarizing thoughts or key takeaways for our audience on this topic of cloud data security? Nathan, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're a utility managing the cloud or a SaaS provider. The data is where you put it, and it is only accessible to whom you give access. Thank you, Rajan, for joining us today, and that certainly sums things up. Thank you, Nathan, for having me. Because this is the second podcast in a series, we would like to invite the audience to submit questions, which we will try our best to answer in a future podcast. To submit your questions for future podcasts in this series, or if you would like to see any of the resources mentioned, you can go to www.empirical.com. Well, that about wraps up this edition of the PowerTech Podcast. If you haven't yet, please log in to wherever you subscribe to the podcast and both rate this show and leave a comment, as that really helps new subscribers in the power industry to find us. Also, for more free insights on bringing technology to the power industry, make sure to visit Empirical.com. We post free white papers, articles, and all of our previous podcasts there. Plus, you can register for a free 3D strategy planning session call with one of our 3D planning specialists. Again, you can do all of that and much more at Empirical.com. Please stay tuned and join us for the next episode of the PowerTech Podcast. And until next time, keep engineering powerful solutions.